Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have Jessica Wirtz on the show. Jessica is the founder of Spirit Vessel, a new sister-owned company that offers handcrafted ceramic urns and personalized celebration of life ceremonies. Her goal is to help evolutionize the death industry by helping families and individuals have their last wishes met their way while supporting those who are left to live on. Spirit Vessel aims to restore the sacred connection to death and to help redefine our relationship to loss through guided, personalized ceremonies. Her urns are handmade by Jessica herself in New Mexico. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you all for continuing to listen to the podcast, for sharing the podcast, for following me on Instagram, for following me on YouTube, and Fireside. So if you don't know what those things are, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. That is where I am most active. So if you DM me on Facebook or another platform, even though I have an account, chances are you will not hear back from me for quite some time. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, if you have a story to share, please email me at dramyrobbins at gmail.com. I want to thank anybody who has already contributed to my Patreon page. Every little bit helps me continue to make this podcast great for all of you. And I have so many so many people still on my list that I want to reach out to and continue to provide you all with great content that helps you learn and grow and that helps me learn and grow, frankly. So if you can contribute, please head over to Patreon and just put in my name and my um, Patreon page will pop up and you can donate any amount. Like I said, any little bit helps. You can also find me right now on YouTube if you want to watch my interviews. You can also find me on Fireside Live, which has been so fun. My audiences are still pretty small over on Fireside, so it really does give people the opportunity to ask questions of my guests. I have some great episodes coming up that you will want to check out. And part of how you're going to be learning about my episodes is that I am recommitting to my newsletter, which I have been remiss to be doing lately. So I apologize for those of you who are uh our subscribers, you have not gotten anything from me in quite some time, but that is changing. So what you can expect if you do subscribe to my newsletter is a weekly update with the show notes and transcripts from my current episode and also a little bit of a calendar as to what's to come. So you can mark your calendars for my upcoming fireside episodes that you might want to be a part of and partake in. Also, you will still be getting that soul wisdom uh, as you all uh, have probably heard, I am going to be trying to go deeper into my own spiritual work in the next couple weeks, months ahead. And as part of that, really digging into my soul wisdom and really trying to meditate and bring whatever information comes to me in meditation to you all as well, because I believe that whatever I hear is collective for all of us to hear. So you can subscribe to that at dramyrobbins.com as well. I've got a new website coming, so lots of exciting stuff coming that I don't want anybody to miss. So here is today's episode. Thank you, Amy. So nice to be here with you. 
Nice to be here too. I'm so excited. We're on Fireside. I'm broadcasting from Beyond, which is my new space where I'm working. So lots of, lots of things happening today. So Jessica, tell us, this is a very interesting uh, field you've decided to go into, I guess. Can you tell us a little about your journey and what led you to making urns? Yeah, I, I, of course. Um, it does. It does seem like an interesting field to anyone who's just kind of landing into my story at this point. But um, you know, for me, it just feels like a very long journey of of life, and getting here and arriving where I'm at now just feels so um, natural and so soul driven, really. So, um, starting out, I'd say I've always been an artist my entire life. That's really my story and my background, even since I was a child. Um, if you asked me one word I would identify with, I would say I'm an artist. And so I've always had a very creative spirit and just decided to really follow that vein throughout my life. So I went to school for art, um, ceramics in particular, and graduated from uh, Penn State University, uh, got my degree in ceramics and followed that through line, um, going to uh, Virginia to be an apprentice for two years to a master potter, moving to Berkeley, California to have my own studio gallery. Uh, living in the woods of Portland, Oregon, <laughs> in a remote little um, cabin, basically, and continuing pottery. And throughout this time of all of these years, which is about 12 years now, in my ceramics, I would be asked to make custom urns. And so this wasn't something that I necessarily offered on my website or, you know, vocally shared that I did, but so many people would come to me and just say, you know, I lost a pet or I lost a child um, and I really want a special connection there that isn't something that feels generic or, um, you know, that's not uncustomizable. So. It was such an honor for me to be able to step into this process of transition with these families through their grief and through their um, the death that they're experiencing and make a beautiful object for them that really symbolized and signified um, the loss in their life. So that's really part of, I would say that's the biggest part of really how I started to come into the death world and thinking about death more. Um, as something that really did light me up. It really lit me up emotionally to be in the process of sharing this with families. And I just saw how much, how much really needed to be talked about there that wasn't, how much stress it was creating, how much pain there was in families and how much just this cultural shift needed to happen where we could communicate this with one another in a normal way. Like this is such a part of our lives. So why can't we just, you know, open this conversation so that it's a little bit easier for one another? So when people come to you, are they looking for something that kind of fits in with who the person was, fits in with their physical space? I mean, it's an, it's a really interesting niche of like being a, I mean, it's, it's like being a, I don't know, permanent, like a designer of someone's permanent place, right? And so normally we're, you know, mm -hmm. you, you go and you pick out a casket and there's not really a whole lot of personalization for it. Or I'm, I'm assuming you just pick out an urn from funeral home or wherever it is. But this sounds like people really take the time to think about and think through what they want this piece to look like. Yeah, absolutely. And as they should, I mean, this is, if, if we're, if we're talking in the world of objects, what could possibly be more meaningful 
and you know give more attention and time to than um, an object that was created for a final resting place for somebody that we honor and love. And I mean, to me, that is just like, oh, I feel that in my heart every time. It's like, wow, to, you know, to be asked to do that is such a gift. So um, the pieces that I was asked to make, sometimes they would be very specific. Um, I remember making one for a dog named Daisy. <laughs> And, you know, the owner asked me to put a daisy on it and just really like that. Nobody else would know that that's what it was in the house if they saw this urn with a little daisy on it. But of course, that was her way of saying like, this is special for, you know, my pet. And so um, same with same with um, humans when I've made urns as well. You know, I've made one for a friend of mine who lost a baby girl. And she, uh, you know, she lives by the ocean. So I put little seashells on that for her. And that was super, super special for me. And it was incredibly special for her because, of course, you know, she did not feel like anything. How could you create and pick an object off of, you know, just a generic online store and, and have that be like, you know, the urn for your baby? So yeah, highly personalized, highly customized. Um, not all of them were super customized. A lot of people just wanted to know that that care and attention went into making something that otherwise they couldn't feel that if it was made in another country and they had no uh, connection to the resources there. And um, and clay is just so beautiful because it's of the earth, right? Clay is, it has the ancient history in it of mud and dirt and bones and ancestors it's of the earth so it's so gorgeous that way and it really represents you know where we came from where we are and where we're going back to and i i love that it could be i mean it sounds like you you're so intentional in your design of it and i think that when we think about death and we spend so much time especially right now you know the the sort of zeitgeist of of consciousness is all about intention and mindfulness. And then it's like, we get to death and we're like, okay, I'm just going to take that thing right off the shelf there and like put our loved ones into it. And, yeah. and so we've clearly ignored that part of our lives. Right. And so this seems like such a really beautiful way to make death a conscious part of, of living, of life. Yes. Yeah. I fully agree with that. I think we, you know, we still live in this um, culture where we're afraid to talk about death. It's still taboo. It still has so much stigma around it. And and yes, it, it is so ironic. Like, we're like, how can we live consciously? How can we keep waking up and waking up and waking up to all the ways that we're living um, and then just totally sever off this idea of, oh, wait, we're going to die. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we're not, we're not conscious of, about that, um, as in we're not preparing for it or planning or talking about it and just making that a normal part of our life, which it is, <laughs> totally is. Like, um, we're not getting out alive. Like, let's just help each other through the process, right? And let's make right. it, let's, let's re-ritualize it and make it beautiful and bring it back into our culture. I really feel very strongly that, you know, the way you live is also the way you're going to die. It's conscious living and conscious dying, right? You don't just live consciously up to the point, you know, your death. And then you're like, oh, like, <laughs> like you have to have preparations and conversations and, and um, really like be there in you. It's an inner job. You know, it's everything about consciousness and waking up is inner work, right? It's working on yourself. It's, it's really going inside and navigating those 
inner realms and emotions and feelings. So um, same with death, same with death. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, we even, it's, it's for people who are actively dying, usually there's a planning process. Maybe they take part in it. Maybe they don't. They talk about what they want their funeral to be like or celebration of life. They maybe talk about whether or not they want to be buried or cremated. They maybe even pick out their casket or talk about where they, you know, what cemetery they're going to be in or whatever it is. I've never heard of people maybe even designing their own urn if they choose the cremation process and really making, making a conscious choice that that is where you're going to, you're going to live or where your physical body is going to live, I guess. Right. And what an incredible thought. Like that's, that's a pretty far out high level thought for a lot of people to be like, well, I'm going to design where my body's going to go. And yeah, that's an option you have. You know, I think a lot of people just understand that they were going to go back into the earth and whether that's cremation or burial, uh, we're so, you know, severed and cut off from these ideas of like how that's going to happen. And there's just so much fear around it, right? Like we just live with so much fear around our death. So Thinking about it doesn't make it happen sooner, but I think that's often a, a feeling that a lot of people have. Like, if I have to think about this and plan for this and, you know, um, really prepare my own death, like, oh, now I'm bringing it into my, like, current awareness. And does mm-hmm. that make it happen sooner? So, um, Or in not awesome. thinking about it, does that make it not happen? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny thing to live in a culture that really, um, basically doesn't want to die. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like we, we really have this feeling of like, I just want to live and live and live, but without the consequence of dying, which really means that, um, you're not actually looking fully at your life if you think you're living forever. Right. Because like you don't really have to deal with the consequences of the day if you're like, I'm just going to live until I'm 95 and a really healthy, full life. But what does that mean if you were to pass tomorrow? Like, where were your actions? Where were your intentions? You know, how were you loving people in your life? How were you treating people? So there's this, you know, bringing it back home. We don't know when we're going to pass. There's no idea. Um, We have we have no idea. I'm I'm a healthy 35 year old, you know, but like. Could I pass tomorrow? Absolutely. I have a grandfather who's 97 and he is, he was golfing the other day. Like, (laughs) you know, so you just, you don't know who's passing when and where. And I worry about him, but the point is, is that I could be in a car wreck tomorrow. So do I have, you know, this, um, do I have not only my affairs and, and, you know, living will and all of the pieces to organize and help my family through this process, but like, where am I in my daily life of how I approach living? And that's a huge question that I don't think that a lot of people are answering for themselves because, again, we just feel like death is coming at a very old age for us and we have all the time in the world to get there. Well, and I think that this is often what I talk about on the show for sure, which is that the wisdom of death and the contemplation, some sort of contemplative death practice can really help you live more fully. And I think when you're talking and more meaningfully, and I think when you're talking about contemplating where you want your body to go, what you want that to look like, I mean, there's, there's really no greater contemplation than that, I think, and, and really being purposeful about that. 
Yeah, I think that's one aspect to it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just to talk a little bit more about spirit vessel, because it is so much about the urn, of course, it's, it's the object of holding and of holding space. And, you know, that's, that is where the word spirit vessel comes from. We, our bodies are spirit vessels as we move through the world. We, our bodies contain our spirit. Um, the urn contains the ashes and that's the vessel. And then, um, you know, to move into really where uh, the messaging and and really the, the deeper understanding of spirit vessel is, is it's really the ceremony space that we're creating. And that's a vessel too, because that's the vessel that really holds you in transformation. And that's the vessel that you get to create with your family or individually around your own ideas and processes and healing transformation with death. So that's, that ceremony is so beautiful because it's, that's really what we're missing. You know, it's not so much like, where is my body going to lay to rest, even though that's a, a beautiful question and let's all consider that. It's where am I, where am I going? How am I taking care of my family um, after I pass? And what can a ceremony do to symbolize and help that process through all the grievances that are had, right? Can you speak to that piece a little bit more? Because I think certainly during these times, we've we've lost a component of that. And I know many people who have lost loved ones during COVID have really struggled with the, the ceremonial piece, the gathering piece, which it feels like we've we've not moved away from, but certainly a lot of other cultures do it do death much better than traditional Western American culture does. So can you just speak a little bit to that ceremonial piece of everything? Yeah, I'd love to. I This is really where my passion lies and my heart is with this. I, um, we've lost this ancient technology that is ceremony. And just like you said, it's built in and has been for, for thousands and thousands of years into cultures. And ceremony really offers us the place of how to understand different transitions in our lives and create this very beautiful, sacred and marked out time to do so. So it's not like we're just going on with like the ins and the outs of our days. And this is, you know, I wake up, I have coffee, I do this, and then I go to work and I do this. No ceremony steps outside and it says, this time is especially special and meaningful because here we get to give reverence and honor and celebrate. And ceremony can be around anything, of course, and in particular around death, we've really lost that in this culture, as you're saying. It's something that, uh, it, it also means that we've lost connection with one another if we don't mm-hmm. have ceremony, right? So ceremony really allows us to come together in a community. And, and you can also have your own ceremonies, right? Like I've certainly had my own. Um, for myself around different things in my life. And I'm like, wow, this is really meaningful. I either want to give thanks or just uh, really just give myself this space to be in a different space. Um, so the ceremonies that we've created in Spirit Vessel really makes ceremony accessible again. Because I know as you talk about, as I'm talking about ceremonies, we were like, okay, but what is a ceremony? And what does that look like? You know, so, well, we have ceremonies built into our culture the whole way through um, this society. We wake, you know, we're born and we have um, basically a ceremony for our birth and our whole family comes and they're so excited that, you know, we're, we're here in the world and look, we have a new family member and, 
And that's beautiful. And then if you're in Catholicism or other religions, maybe you have baptisms. Um, yeah, in Judaism, have- I feel like we ceremony quite well. Uh-huh. Yeah. We have Christmas when baby ceremony. boys come in, baby namings, things like that. Absolutely. A lot of religions have the ceremonies built right in, but we're also seemingly moving away from these more older (laughs) traditions. So ceremony is also marriage um, and ceremony is um, so many different, you know, just traditional um, pieces that were missed. Sorry, I'm just thinking here through different, oh, like markers my mind is like life. totally like, okay, what are different <laughs> but- <laughs> markers? Of, I'm just thinking of markers of life, like bar about mitzvahs, quinceaneras, um, Same. weddings. And then it seems like after weddings, it's like you just wait. Yeah, right. And so the point is, is that we don't really have very many rituals around death, right? Because death in this culture has come more into a transactional place. So when we talk about death, it's like, okay, you know, so-and-so has died in the family and now we need to go to the funeral home and take care of all of these affairs. And what did they want, a burial or a cremation? Um, you know, we're gonna have a maybe a memorial or a wake, but what's lost there that ceremony brings back into the picture is the actual human connection that we're wired for and that we need to be able to hold each other and witness each other through these spaces that are really what we're made to do. You know, it connects us back to the nature of who we are as humans and it connects us to our family unit and it connects us to creating a wider culture that we're not creating at the moment. So it's not about paperwork and a transaction of money. It's it's about the emotional and spiritual holding space of what it means to be a human and how to go through these processes together. So you're really talking about ceremony beyond just a funeral. I'm talking about ceremony in a few different ways. So I don't see ceremony necessarily as a funeral. Ceremonies can be created in any way you want to. So um, with Spirit Vessel, we work with people who are pre-planning. So that would be you or I. And so the idea there is um, I can't foresee my death currently, but I'm going to set this up for my family. And I'm going to create a ceremony and let them know all the things that I would like to have happen there so that they're not totally lost in the process when this happens, right? Um, We also talk about memorial services and living memorial services. So a living memorial is um, for anyone who is terminally ill and or elderly and knows that they're going to be passing soon. And the beautiful idea behind that is why wait to celebrate and honor somebody that you love so much in your family until they're dead, right? So it's like- I mean, I agree. I want to hear everything people are going to say about me, good, bad, and ugly before, (laughs) before I can't hear it anymore. Right. Right. So what a gift that would be. And then you get to share stories back and forth. And this just feels more human to me. Right. And so then Mm -hmm. there's the memorial service and the memorial service is for anyone who's passed. Um, And that could be, you know, anywhere from whatever, five days after a passing to 20 years later, if you're like, you know, I really want to honor mom and dad and we just haven't you know, gotten together as siblings or whatever, just to like really share and talk about how special our lives have been and what they brought to us or just giving that ceremony space. So to go back to your question, what is ceremony and and the levels I'm talking about it on, um, just on a more nuts and bolts level, it's 
you know, what we've designed is to make it accessible and to make it accessible, you lay out a structure or a framework for it. And the framework looks like for us, it's a, it's a 70 page guidebook that we've created to really walk people through every step to step to step. And so ceremony is creating the space and what that feels like, uh, the environment, how you want to celebrate your loved one, and you're bringing them into it, right? So it's not this cold, stark, like room in a funeral home or otherwise where you're like, oh, you know, I think that we're just going to go through the motions of doing this and say a eulogy and have flowers and, you know, leave. It's, it's really bringing the spirit of your loved one into this space that you're creating. And you do that by um, sharing stories and memories and making it interactive. Um, and you do that by sharing poems that would have meant something to this person or meditations or really getting yourself and your community centered in the space to do this. So it's a place where you actually get to share emotion is the way I see it. Um, and you actually get to participate and interact in this space as well. Well, and it's so beautiful to think, like I'm just thinking back to the times where we, I've lost loved ones. And in the Jewish religion, usually you meet with the rabbi before, after the death, and you share those stories, and you, and then the rabbi puts together this eulogy. But I think how powerful it is, and, and the shiva is the process by which people come to you, and they share their stories. But I think to be able to hear those stories when you're alive, or even certainly for us to be really, really intentional about people sharing those stories with their loved ones when they're still when they're still living is so meaningful. And I think we do wait until someone dies and then, you know, we spout all these beautiful things about them. And I think if we could do that in life, it would make the world so much more joyful and make us all so, feel so much more connected because it does feel like in so many ways that's what we're missing is this, this human connection. And I see that I see that over and over again in my clinical work, how we've moved further and further away from being real and vulnerable with people. And I think for so many of us, it's just how we live now. You know, we used to live in community in such a different way. And now we live in our individual houses and people come out to leave and they go through their garage and they pull back in and they go into their house. And there's not that sense of of community, of people sitting out, of the doorstep conversations, of the, you know, the stoop conversations, I, I always call them, because we are just, we've become so individualistic in that way. And it sounds like even in the death process, that's happened as well. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel everything you're saying, because I really feel that to be so true in myself too. And just as I watch, you know, culture continue on, it really seems to be the route that we're going. Um, but there's just like you're reiterating back to my heart, I feel like there's such a, a deep need there for people and a recognition of that is what we want. And it's sometimes just like, how do we get that though? You know, like we're kind of moving towards more technology, more isolation, more separation um, through our phones and our apps and all these things that are just like divide, 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 divide. <laughs> and again, that's just not how we're wired. That's not how we're socially wired. Um, like you're saying, we're socially wired to be in community and we're socially wired to be you know, moving through these really incredible processes of our lives together, not separately. I, I really think that's where so much of this like unnamed grief is coming from right now in the culture. 
there's so many people that I talk to. And I mean, I can just go on my Instagram and see this. And I know Instagram's a little bit of a feedback loop, but it's really, there's so much recognition just through COVID and, and people just stopping their lives and putting their lives on pause for a second be like, wow, all these things that I've been like, just not dealing with because I've been running through my life at like Mach 10 speed. And what's coming up for me feels a lot like grief. It just feels like things, not for me personally, I guess I'm speaking for others, that, and, and myself. <laughs> There's just this feeling of like, I didn't, you know, maybe I can't name exactly where that grief is coming from because it wasn't necessarily through a death in my family, but you know, whether I lost a job or a relationship or I just, let me just take a minute to like take in all of this motion and movement of my life that I've been outputting. And there's just a time in there too, to just recognize um, how much, how much unnamed grief there is going on in this culture too, because of the way we've set it up, which is, again, it's more isolating. And then if we were in community, what would that feel like? You know, if we were in like family homes, family units, and even with close friends, like really being able to be courageous and vulnerable and sharing these experiences of like, oh wait, you, you feel that too? I feel that too. I know we're not taught to talk about that or feel that, but um, it's okay to recognize this, this sadness, this grief that we have. And and, you know, for a lot of us, it's a dark night of the soul where you're going inside yourself and just recognizing that there's a lot you haven't dealt with before, you know, and just by trying to stay on this like positivity, cultural culture side of things, um, it's really eliminated this other really extremely important half of ourselves. I don't want to divide it in half as light and dark, but let me just say that because I think people can grasp the, the haves, it's, it's really stopped us from being in communication with this other part of ourselves that is our sorrow, that is our, that is our deep grief. And it's generational grief. It's, it's current time, lifetime grief. It's, um, it's just a, a recognition that we're whole, like our, we are whole people and we have all of these emotions. And well, and I'm just imagining, yes, I, First of all, I totally agree. And I think we are all grieving no matter what happened this year. Every one of us probably experienced some loss of something. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm thinking about the spirit vessel as a way to almost contain any any death that we've experienced, not just the physical death of, of a body, but I think about the deaths and losses we experience throughout our lives. You know, if you're in a relationship and that relationship ends, that's a death. Like, do you have a spirit vessel for that experience, right? Do you put sort of those, those experiences, those memories, like what do you do? We normally like put them in a box and throw them in a closet somewhere, right? Like the love notes or cards or whatever it is. But I'm thinking about how we could even use your concept to honor other parts of our lives where things have, have died, even parts of ourselves that we've died and grown from, like, which is amazing, but maybe we need to be more conscious and ceremonial around, let me put this part of my life somewhere sacred and hold that because that was a sacred piece to my living and to my growing. Uh, and I want to acknowledge that it happened but I want to move forward from there. And I think that when you're talking about ceremony, that's a big piece of what you're talking about as well as how we recognize changes of seasons. There's always new moon ceremonies, things along those lines, but are we really recognizing those changes in our own life? 
Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And are we recognizing that in death specifically with spear vessel? Like, are we allowing it to be this beautiful, meaningful transition? You know, if life and death are not separate, but a continuum of one another. And if you can broaden your perspective to see that, then how can death also be this beautiful transition in a held space of ceremony? Um, And so just to reiterate, that's what is so lost in this culture. But you're exactly right. As far as ceremony goes, it's it can be used around anything. And that is the beauty of it, because it, again, really marks something that is so deeply meaningful in your life. And that's really what the intention is, is to really just stop for a second and be like, this is a really meaningful, precious experience that I'm having. Let me just not go on with the rat race of my life and give it the time and attention that it deserves. Um, And there's something really gorgeous about that, just to be able to stop yourself and say that in your life and give appreciation and gratitude for what is, you know, and and what will be, (laughs) because we're always growing. Um, So to, to, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to (laughs) say... Your little picture is so small on my phone, it's hard to see. (laughs) Um, We started, so Spirit Vessel started with my sister and I uh, a few years ago. And the intention of it was really to help children grieve. And I'll connect the dots here in a second. But the intention was to help children grieve. And because we were realizing that our culture has such a hard time even talking about grief, let alone death, like just even to be able to grieve is like, what are you going through? I, I don't really know how to hold you through that process right now. Um, so as children, we thought, you know, if we could design ceremonies around pets uh, and animals, because as your pets pass, that's often the first experience of death that a child will have. So instead of just being like, you know, Sammy died, uh, we're going to maybe talk about it or maybe not, or maybe the parents don't know how or, to. Or flush them so, down the toilet and replace them before anybody notices. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's one I've heard before too. Yeah, totally. So that is such a denial attitude, obviously, that we can't even accept our own, you know, ideas of grief. And that's not because the kids can't hold that and go through, go through the experience of feeling it. It's because the parents can't, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe they weren't taught to and they didn't know how to. So the idea is like teaching this back into the culture through children who will then remember, okay, I did have a ceremony or when my pet passed and that was meaningful as a six or seven year old, however old. And so it's just to give that experience as like a stamp in your life and then to carry that through um, because we're so impressionable as children. and. And all of these things add up really so much as children Um, and what we carry into our lives. It's really all developed in those beginning stages. Um, And so that was the first intention. As COVID came along, I realized, you know, to my sister Amanda, I said, we're really going to miss the mark if we're not helping people go through this right now, because the bigger picture of Spear Vessel was to be able to make ceremonies for humans as well. And it's really just to recognize again that like we need to do this on in all levels of our lives. This doesn't, it's not stopped at pets or children, it's, it's for all of us. And, and as COVID came along, we started to develop Spirit Vessel for people who could go through the process of transition because they could not be together and still a lot of us can't be together. So how do we um, create a ceremony space that addresses that, right? And so the idea of 
spear vessel will be eventually to go back and make these ceremonies for children as well. And really it's just the um, umbrella idea of helping one another grieve. And how do we do that? Mm. Um, but back to what you're saying, I really love that because of course you can have space to grieve anything. Um, why, oof, let's see, like a year ago, I was with community down in Florida and was doing grief circles just for my girlfriends. And we would sit out on the beach together and there would be seven or eight of us and did this a few times just because every time I mentioned, you know, do you know, would you like a space to talk and just to share a space with a group of women? And everybody's like, oh my God, that's all I want right now. Yeah. Um, and it's not, again, it doesn't have to be around death. It's just, you get to share something that you're grieving in your life and you get to be witnessed in that. So I want to wrap up. Um, sort of the interview portion. If people want to know more about your work and what you do, where can they find you? And then I'm going to pose, if anybody has questions, we're live on Fireside. So anybody can hop on and ask questions. And then I'm just curious, my question for the audience is, what do you, did this get you thinking about your own spirit vessel? And what would that look like? Because I'm sort of mulling over in my head. What would I want that that urn to be if that's what I choose? So if anybody wants to come on and and talk about anything related to this, ask Jessica any questions, ask me any questions, or answer the question about your spirit vessel. So Jessica, where can people find spirit vessel? Sure, thanks. I would say you can find us first and foremost online at spiritvessel.com. And you can read all about us on the site and purchase if that's what you're interested in. Um, contact us through the site as well if you have any questions. Um, we're very, Amanda and I make ourselves very, very available to talk and just help through the process because we understand this is a new thing for a lot of people. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at my.spiritvessel. And you can find us um, through email at support at spiritvessel.com. So thank you. Does anybody have any questions or want to join us on stage and talk about your your spirit vessel or what you're thinking? Sometimes people do, sometimes they don't. It usually takes a few seconds before we... That's great. I'm actually, I forget that this is live, to be honest. I totally was thinking it was you and I most of the time. But that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good. I could turn on the sound effects and then you know, then you know it's live. Let's see. The sound effects where people clap and anybody want to come up? I'm curious if anybody's had an experience this year where they felt like ceremony would have actually been a really helpful piece that they were missing, COVID related or not. I think being in community has been, for me personally, something that I've certainly missed. I think that that's been the loneliness has been the hardest part and just trying and, and everybody has different levels of comfort with what they're willing to do and where they're willing to put themselves. And so you want to be respectful of that. But I also think the loneliness and isolation has been really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if no one wants to come up on stage, I guess we're going to wrap this up for today. So thank you, Jessica, so much for your time and for reaching out. Jessica reached out to me and I thought this sounds really interesting. I think we do need to be talking way more about death and, and our plans and what we want for ourselves when we're not here in a physical body anymore. So thank you for reaching out and for sharing what you do. And I hope that people will reach out to you and that they'll share this with their friends and loved ones to really think about what do I want? 
where do I want to be and what do I want that to look like? So thanks, Jessica. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Amy. Appreciate your talking and this time. It's wonderful. Yeah. And thank you everybody for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks, Amy's community. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.